Well, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew 1, and then we're going to jump over to Matthew 8. How many are ready for the Word of God today? And I felt led as I really, really prayed about this particular time of year. Of course, it's Christmas season, and I spent several weeks just kind of seeking the direction of the Lord. And God, how would you lead me? What do you want to say during this time? And I really kept coming back to God is with us. Everybody say that. God is with us. And last week, we went into Psalm 84, and we talked about the fact that God is with us in the valley. We love the mountaintop experiences with God, and it's on the mountaintop that we get to see a certain revelation of who God is, and we celebrate the victory, but it's in the valley that you get to know Jesus intimately, amen? It's in those, those places that we get led when things are dark, when things are difficult. It literally calls it the valley of weeping, and it says in that valley of weeping, they make it a place of tears. They make it a well. They begin to cry out to God. And can I tell you this morning that God is with you as much as he is in the valley. He is with you on the mountaintop. Because this time of year we celebrate the fact that God is with us. So let's look at our foundational scripture today if you look with me in Matthew 1 verse 21. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, if you'll turn over just a few chapters to Matthew chapter 8, this is where I feel led to go this morning, is just as much as God is with us in the valley... God is also with us in the boat. Everybody say boat. How many are thankful God's with you this morning? If you're there, say amen. Amen. We're going to go to verse 23. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this, even the winds And the waves obey him. God with us. Father, for these next few minutes and moments, we just pray that, Lord, you would give us a revelation of who you are. That you would give each heart a revelation. That you are not just a God far off, but you are a God who came near. Lord, we pray today that you would do the impossible, you would do the miraculous, that you would calm storms in people's lives even today by your word. That, Lord God, for the next few minutes and moments, I just pray that you would receive all the honor and glory, that anything said of me would fall by the wayside. Lord, whatever said under the unction of Holy Spirit, I pray it would go to the people of God today as a seed form and, and come into their hearts and produce fruit. Lord, we love you today. We glorify your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Once you look at verse 23 again, 
Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Everybody say, followed him. Jesus gets into this boat. He's been ministering. He's evidently very tired, something we miss, especially this time of year. I hope, it, I hope a spotlight is on at this time of year of understanding that Jesus was born as a baby. But even though he was born as a baby, he's God. He, the angel told his parents, you don't get to name him. You name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins, and he's just as much God as if he wasn't man, and he's just as much man as he wasn't God, and Jesus looks at his disciples after after an extended period of ministry and time uh, of ministering to people, blind eyes open, people healed, demons cast out, all these wonderful things that God was doing, and he looks at his disciples and he says, we are going to get into the boat, and we're going to go to the other side, everybody say other side. So they were going to follow him. So in this passage, you see an extended revelation of what it means to follow Jesus and what you can expect as you follow him. This story that we just read is found in three Gospels, and they all bring out different details that I will bring out today of understanding that when Jesus says that you're going to get into the boat and you're going to go from point A to point B, I'm sure their faith was in that they would get from point A to point B. Are you following me? Better question, are you following him? Because when you're following him, sometimes he's just going to give you a word to get into the boat, and we're going to go from here to here. But Jesus, being a man, was evidently very tired because he falls asleep in the boat. But Jesus, being omniscient and being God himself, also knew that on the way from point A to point B, there was going to be a storm. Everybody say storm. So following Jesus doesn't mean that you're not going to hit a storm occasionally. And I want to say this this morning. This was not just any storm. This word was used 11 other times in the New Testament. And each and every time the word is translated as earthquake. This is the one time it was translated storm. So the picture I want to paint in your mind as we open today isn't just a little bit of light rain and a little bit of wind and maybe occasionally a wave would come over and get a little bit of water in the boat. The, the, the picture that is painted here is a great and mighty tempest and storm. Are you following me so far? Big storm, bad storm, horrible storm planned on preaching this for several weeks, but I also didn't know that the United States would get hit by some of the worst storms this past week that we've ever seen. Our, our prayers are with those people, amen? Our hearts are with those folks in Kentucky and Tennessee and other places that, uh, that have been so affected by that. But this storm was accompanied, accompanied not just by wind and lightning, and rain would fall down and water... Literally, the, the word there in my mind's eye was an earthquake, a shaking. There was such a shaking, not only from the heavens, but there was a shaking below, and it was getting into the boat. So in other words, they're not just water's coming in, water is coming over, and this would have been a very extremely dire circumstance that they were in. Have you ever been in a storm in life where you say, this just isn't normal? Has anybody been there before? 
you just look around and you say, look, this isn't a normal storm. This is something beyond the normal light rain and wind that comes up every so often. In other words, like you've done everything you can to follow Jesus and to be where Jesus told you to be and do what Jesus told you to do, and you found yourself in the middle of a storm anyway. Like every passing moment, they are going across the lake. They're taking on more water and more water and more water. And we've all had these moments. We've had these moments where we say, Lord, if this marriage takes on any more water, we're not going to make it. Lord, if this business takes on any more water, we aren't going to be able to make it. Lord, if my bank account takes on any more water... How many have gotten to the place where you have more month than you have money in your account? You ain't never been there before, huh? I've been there. You come to the place where you say to yourself, Lord, I just can't go back to that office. Lord, I just can't go back to that workplace. Lord, what I'm describing and what the Bible is describing is Jesus tells his disciples, you're going to get into the boat and we're going to go to the other side, right? And in the midst of going from point A to point B, They run into not just wind and rain and lightning. They run into a tempest that is literally shaking the boat to its very foundation. Have you ever been in just a bad storm in your life? I mean, have you ever just been in a place where you don't know up or down and things are moving and things are, are shaking? Here's the thing. We think that if, if Jesus told us to get into the boat and go to the other side, and he's God himself, and knows what is going to happen in the middle of getting to the other side, why do we find ourselves in the midst of the storm? Here's what my thought is as I read this and I studied this, is oftentimes we think Jesus is with me, so I am going to be able to navigate around the storm and not have to go through the storm. Why do we have to go through the storm sometimes? It's so Psalm 23 can become not just a a scripture on a paper, but it can be something lived out in your heart, church, that, yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil, for your rod and staff comfort me, and thou art with me. It's those times when we... And listen, this wasn't just any storm. And I feel confident to say this this morning as I studied this. I feel confident to say that this storm was sent by the enemy. You say, why do you say that? Jesus wouldn't have gotten up in the boat and rebuked something the Father sent. He wouldn't have done that. The enemy looked down and said, I am going to take this opportunity to kill, steal, and destroy, and if I could sink this boat in the middle of this water then I've done away with the Son of God and I've done away with His disciples. And Jesus knew what was coming in the middle of that lake. And Jesus sometimes doesn't let us hit the easy button. Sometimes He wants to show you where your faith is, church. So instead of sailing around a storm, He's going to get into your boat and He's going to say, buckle up, we're going to go right through it. And listen, in the middle of this lake, you don't just have rain coming down and getting in the boat. You don't just have wind blowing. You have literally water shaking from the bottom. These were experienced fishermen, y'all. 
These were people who had been on the water. They had been on the lakes. They had been out there in storms many, many, many times. This frightened them incredibly bad. And right there in the midst of that, they look around. And this is such the type of storm that as they looked up, the sails would have begun to be torn apart. And the wood on the sides would have probably been starting to break off. Are you following me? And everything would have been starting to come apart in this boat. And they look around and they say, where's Jesus? Did he fall overboard? We get in the storms of life and we say this. We say, God, I know that I heard you. God, have you ever been in those moments in life where you say, God, I, I know that you told me to be with this person, but you didn't tell me about the storm we were going to go through. Are you following me? God, I, I know that you told me that to start this business, but you didn't tell me that I would have to lay awake at nights wondering how it's going to get from point A to point B. Are, are you following me this morning? God, I know that you told me that you're going to heal my body, but I didn't know that the doctor said, would say it's going to get worse before it gets better. And what the enemy sends is a storm that begins to tear up everything you can see so that you doubt what God said back here. And he's right there in the midst. And, and I can imagine there, Peter and John, this is my own imagination, please understand that. But as I studied this, I'm just thinking, Peter and John probably looked at each other and said, did he say, get in the boat? <laughs> And go to the other side? And maybe John said, no, I think he said, get in the boat, you're all going to die. That must have been what Jesus said. He took us out here to kill us. And you see in the scripture something very powerful, something that will help you today, is that when you look around, and I want you to understand from the other accounts and the other gospels, we understand about this boat that it would have probably been double-decked in some form or fashion. In other words, there was another compartment that Jesus had evidently, after he gets on the boat, finds his way into. And our Lord and Savior, blessed Jesus, is asleep. So my point is, is sometimes when you can't find him, sometimes you just got to look a little deeper. Are you following me? Don't see him. He told us to get in the boat. Did he go for a swim? Is he walking on the water again? Did he just say, I'm going to, I'll see you at the other side. I'm going to leave you behind. Can I tell you something this morning? God is with us. And I won't speak for you this morning because there's very holy people here on Sunday. I know that. Wednesday night crowd's a little different, but Sunday morning is. But for me, I'll speak for me. I've been in these storms like this. And I say, God, where are you? Because there's some things that bother me. I'm being honest with you. There's some things that bother me about the Lord when I'm going through the middle of a test. Number one is, he's quiet. (laughs) You told me back here to get in the boat. Can you give me a little reassurance here? You, You told me that this is the path for that you have for me. These are the things that you told me, God, that I would do. So can you give me some reassurance? Can, can, you, can you speak to me again? Can you, 
It's in times like that that what is happening is your faith is being tested. Oftentimes we don't know really where our faith is until you get in the middle of a storm and the sails are being ripped down, the boards are coming off the side, and Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat. So imagine this for a second. They actually had to go and go a little deeper to a place that was actually really more dangerous because if water's coming in over the sides and there was a lower compartment, where's the most dangerous place to be on a boat when it's taking on water? Is underneath the deck. And there had to be a moment for them where they said, man, I don't think we're getting to the other side. Let's just bail out. But they did the right thing in that they found Jesus. Can I tell you what you need to do at Christmas time this season is not worry about Jesus in a manger and find him as the risen Savior and Lord that he he has declared himself to be. Because in times like that, in past times, I'm like, God, number one, where are you? God, why haven't you said anything about this yet? And God, what is it I'm supposed to do in the middle of feeling like I am going to bail out of this boat? God, I'm going to bail out of this business, but God told you to start it. God, I'm going to bail out of this marriage, but God put you in it. God, I'm going to bail out of this job situation, but God put you there for a reason. And God put you there as a minister, not as a worker, but somebody that he's going to cross paths with, that you're going to reach, and all you have to do is trust him in the middle of the storm. But, Pastor, the sails are being torn apart. Trust him in the storm. Pastor, the boards are coming off. Trust him in the storm. Pastor, the waves are coming over the sides of the boat. Can I tell you something this morning? God is with us even if you can't see Him, even if you can't hear Him, and even though because He's a trustworthy God. It's in those times that our faith is being proven and tested. Have you noticed how quiet God gets in the midst of those situations? And you say to yourself, God, I love you, and I'm trying to trust But God, I just have a simple question. God, where are you? Where are you? We say to God, God, just like they did, Jesus, are you aware of what's happening? And they go deeper, they go lower, they look, and evidently Jesus' cage is not rattled. Jesus is not concerned or worried about the place that they're finding themselves in. Why? Because he already knew what was coming. Can I tell you this morning? God knows what's around the next corner of your life. God knows the diff- God knows the valleys that we go into, and God knows... Here's the difference in this story, because I, I was going to preach on the boat and water. Now, I thought of the story of Paul when he's sailing to Rome, and they get shipwrecked. And the, the main thing about that story is all those people chose to get on the boat. So in some ways, Paul's like, I told you so. There's those moments we find ourselves in life where we get on a boat that God didn't intend for us to, and we get shipwrecked. Can I tell you something this morning? God is so gracious, He will even save you from your own shipwrecks. But what I'm talking about today are those who find themselves saying, God, I love you. God, I heard you. God, I got on the boat. And God, you said I would get to the other side. But right now, it doesn't look like I'm going to get to the other side. This this isn't working out exactly like I thought it would. 
And listen, you just say to yourself, Lord, I'm just, I was just trying to follow you. I was just trying to obey you. And here's what they did. They cried out. Everybody say cried out. Lord, save us. Sometimes that's the most holy prayer that you can pray. Help. I found myself many times, I don't know what to pray and I don't even know how to say it. It doesn't come out flowery and it doesn't come out thee, thou's and all the other spiritual sounding things that we do to make us think that God hears us any more than just a good old fashioned, Lord, save me. Lord, save my marriage. Lord, save my business. Lord, you are in this, and I know that you are, but it doesn't look like it's going to make it to the other side. And then it says this, and catch this. It says, Jesus rose up. He comes up to the top part, the middle part of that boat, and he speaks, peace, be still. And there's a part of me, church, that wonders if he was speaking to the storm or if he was speaking to the disciples in that moment. What, here's what we know, according to the scripture. Everything became silent. Everything became calm. And then, when he's finished speaking to the storm, he turns his attention to the disciples, right? And he says this. And if you miss this, you'll miss the whole point of everything I'm talking about today. Yes, there was probably a little bit of a rebuke in there. Yes, there was probably a tone to Jesus' voice when he spoke this. But don't miss this. Scripture points out in verse 24. Listen to me. There was a great storm. Everybody say great storm. storm. In verse 26, there was a great calm. You follow me? But between a great storm and a great calm, the scripture says this, that there was a little faith. Everybody say little faith. Great storm, great calm, little faith. Now, now, now wait a second, Pastor. Wait, stop. I thought it was our faith that gets God to move on our behalf. I thought it was my faith that gets God to speak to the storm. I thought faith is what God calls God to do this for me. Listen, devil did something really big and bad. God did something very great and awesome. And in the middle, you have little faith. Everybody say little faith. It's like Jesus is looking at his disciples And he's saying to Peter and James and John, Peter and James and John, you don't have to be Elijah and Moses. You just have to trust me just enough in order for me to begin to operate in your life. Sometimes all you need is what little you got left to see God bring calm to the storm. Let me say that again. Sometimes all you, great storm, great calm, in the middle little faith that he did tell them, oh, ye of little faith. Can I tell you something this morning? You came in here, and the storm that you're in, and if you're not in one, I promise you at some point you will be in the midst of a storm. Are you following me? And I'm not talking about just a normal storm. I'm talking about something that is literally shaking the very foundations of your faith. And in between the great 
great storm and great, great calm, we see in the midst of that that they still had a little bit of faith. And some of you came in here and you're, you're thinking that God is looking for some kind of a great big faith in order to get you out of the situation you're in. Can I tell you something this morning? Even little faith, God responds to. Am I preaching the truth this morning? Listen, listen, listen to me. It doesn't say that he fixed the sails. It doesn't say that he put the oars back together. It doesn't say that the sails were mended and the boards were put back. It says this, he calmed it all down. Little faith can have a great effect even when you feel like you have more fear than faith. Listen to me. A little faith can have great effect even when you're in the midst of the storm and you feel like you have more fear than you have faith. Are you following me this morning? Some of you, the calmness that you have been searching for, the calmness that you have been crying out for, the calmness that you have been asking for, the calmness that you see, God didn't just change the situation. He changed what was going on inside of the hearts of the disciples. Church, can I tell you something this morning? We're so concerned about what's going on around us, we forget to monitor what is going on inside of us. We do. It wasn't the water just getting into the boat that was a problem, and it was a problem. And I'm sure at some point they thought, hey, I'm bailing off of this thing. I'm out of here. I'm going to do this. I'm done. Have you ever just kind of said in life sometimes, just I'm done with that? We all do. We all get to that point. And can I tell you something this morning? He took what little faith that they had, and he still did a great miracle. Why? Because God is with us. Great storm. Great calm, little faith. Verse 27, here's what happens next. It says, when this happened, they didn't know what to do. God ever done something in your life? You're just like, I don't even know what to say to this. What is he doing for us? What is he doing in your life right now? He's giving you a greater revelation of who he is. They had seen him open blind eyes. They had seen him unstop deaf ears. They had seen him cast out demons. And this happens, and they literally say, Who in the world is this? Even the winds obey him. Listen, they are even learning here in little faith moments a revelation of who God is. And in verse 27, they say that. Who is this? Who is this this God we have in the boat? Can I tell you who he is this morning? Look at Matthew 1, verse 21. Where did we start this morning? She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Now look at verse 23 again. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they, everybody say they, We'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with, with us. Watch what happens. Look back here at me. Don't, don't miss this, okay? Don't miss this. You call him Savior. They acknowledge 
that God is with that person. Are you listening to me? It is the only way you could have made it through the storm. It's the only way you could have made it back to port. When every other boat went down, when every other ship had people bailing off of it, when every other person said, I'm done and I'm bailing off the ship, when every other person said, I am done with this and I don't know where God is, he's silent, I don't know what he's doing in my life, I'm going to bail and I'm just going to swim, send a rescue mission, right? And listen to me, listen to me. We call him Jesus, and when you're in the midst of the storm, and the ship is coming apart, and the water's coming in, and everybody else is saying they're going down for the last time, all you have to do is find Jesus in your boat, because when you find Jesus in your boat, and you finally make it to the place where God said you would make it, because I came to tell you this morning, if God said it, it's going to happen. If Jesus said, get into the boat, and I'm taking you from point A to point B and he is sleeping in the bottom. He has that much trust in the Father. Come on, somebody. That he can just, his cage isn't rattled. He's not upset. He tells him that. Oh, you of little faith. But it says here that we will call him Jesus. And when they sailed back into port, and what they did is just kept calling on the name of Jesus in the midst of your storm this morning. Can I encourage you of one thing? Just keep calling him Savior, church. Just keep calling him Jesus. 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 Help. If that's what you got to do, then do it. Jesus help in this in this instant because when they sailed back into the port, they looked and they said, "They." Isn't that what it says right there in the verse? It says, "You will call him savior and they will call him Emmanuel. God is with those people." Listen, God is with that family. I don't know how they made it through that. I don't know how they got through. God is with them. God is with that business. They should have went down a dozen times, but God is with that business. Sister, God is with that ministry. They shouldn't have been able to survive getting their building gone and taken away. God is with those people. And all you have to do is continue to say, Jesus, be my Savior. Because when we say, God, you are my... Listen, there's families in here that should have gone down. Can I just encourage you this morning? God is with you. Right. And what you did is you kept him... You, you stayed in the boat. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is just stay in the boat. I told you that before. Get out of the boat and walk on water. Stay in the boat. Stay in the Jeep. Do I stay? Do I go? What do I do here, Lord? All of it. Here, here, here. Find him. That, that's really what we need to do in this Christmas season is find out where he's at and you call him Jesus. And can I tell you, what you're going through now, he didn't put the sails back together. He didn't put the boards back on. He spoke and there was a calmness. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. I want to talk about what's going on inside you this morning. Because you may have walked through those doors with the biggest Christmas smile that anybody's ever seen. But inside there's a storm going on in your heart. And this morning I want to encourage you. You call him Savior. And other people will look and say God is with that person. Amen. You call him Savior and the world has to acknowledge God is with you. 
He didn't say we would call him Emmanuel. He said they would call him Emmanuel. Are you following me? Do you understand something incredibly important about being the people of God this morning? Is that God always intended to have a special called out people that he could lead and guide and bless and be their people. He would be our God and we would be their people and God would be with them. And here's what the whole thing was supposed to do was other nations were supposed to look at the nation of Israel and say, what is different about that nation? What is it about those people? Can I tell you, if when people look at my life and I'm in the midst of the storm, I want them not to see the storm. I want them to see the Savior in the storm. Because there is something going on in me that's not going on around all the other people. 2020 was awful. 2021, to be honest, hasn't been that much better as a country and as a people. But can I tell you, when people look at the people of God, they should see a God who can stand up in the midst of the storm and speak to it and see Him do something. Psalm 107, verse 28. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brought them out of their distress. Come on, somebody. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. Do I have any people in here who can just praise God because we call him Savior and he is with us this morning? Come on, praise him like he's with you. I'm not doing this out of emotion. I'm doing it because in the midst of the storm, the best thing you can do is praise your way through that storm. Praise your way through it. I, I know that. I know that's counter to everything that's inside of you. But your praise is powerful. I, I want to remind you again before I end this today of the fact that it was the enemy that sent this. There are some things that happen that are just a natural course of life. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Sometimes you get flat tires. Sometimes the refrigerator quits running. It's not the devil. Now, he'll use it to bug you and to get you stirred up. He'll use those things. I heard one preacher say one time, he'll kill you with a hangnail if he's able to. That's how much he despises you as the people of God. Are you following me? This, was, this wasn't normal. And some of you are, came in here today, maybe a handful of you, you're in a place where the storm is not normal. And I mentioned some of the other uh, Gospels that bring out other details of this, and and I alluded to it before, but let me say it again as I end. Jesus is in the lower part of the boat. The storm is raging. The boards are coming off the side. The water is not just coming down and flooding the boat. It's coming over the sides and flooding the boat, even the place where Jesus was. The, The sails are torn up. The oars are probably broken off the side. This was not normal. This was a demonic attack against God and his people. And Jesus is rises up. You had great storm. You had great calm. And in the middle, you had a little bit of faith. This morning, don't despise the faith that you did walk in here with because you walked in here. You at home, don't despise the faith that is in your heart even right now because don't despise the day of small beginnings. Because if God can even use their little faith and still calm the storm, 
What can he do with great faith this morning? <laughs> My point is simple. Sometimes you've got to go down before you go up. Are you following me? The boat had a lower deck. It had a compartment, so they had to go inside. Even where there may have been water coming in, it may have seemed dangerous and it may have seemed like something you just don't do. In a very real sense, this is a type and shadow of us. The, t- the type of calm that I'm talking about this morning is the type of calm that really is only found on the inside. Are you following me? It's in here. In other words, it was in the innermost part of the boat that Jesus was dwelling and residing. It was the innermost part. It was that deep part. Tam, if you'd come to the keyboard, please. One of my favorite preachers that I've studied throughout the years is a man named John Wesley. And John Wesley is amazing to me because even today you can look around and see the fruit remaining from the ministry of somebody who was a tremendous revivalist. You see churches and you see people and families that are still generation after generation from being saved and those blessings have been handed down and their families still serve God. And I just love studying him. There's something about John Wesley that a lot of people don't know. And he was somebody amazing because according to the stories and the history books that you read, he could go and preach to ten to 15,000 people at a time and he would stand on a tree stump and everybody could hear his voice. He would preach from horseback to 10, 12, 13 people. And, and these weren't just, just regular old people. The places he went in the United States of America, these were very hardcore, very strong, very hardcore coal miners, farm people. And they were drawn by the Holy Spirit. And they, these big old tough burly men would get convicted and would give them their hearts to the Lord. In such an amazing way that these coal miners, this is, this is a story I read, these coal miners, they had to retrain their mules they used in the coal mines because they only responded to curse words. <laughs> they had to retrain them because that's how they got them to move and go. And these men were so deeply convicted and so deeply changed by this ministry. What you might not know about John Wesley is this. He graduated from Oxford in England, and he was so disenfranchised with the religious system and the gambling and the prostitution and politics and all the stuff he saw around him. He said, I'm going to go to America. I feel like God's calling me to America to preach. He he lands in Georgia, and he goes up and down the Georgia coast preaching to Native Americans. And here's what you may not know. He failed miserably. There were no conversions. There was nothing going on. And he got back on a boat and was heading back to England as a total failure. And it's while they were crossing the Atlantic Ocean, heading back to England in defeat, they run into a storm. And this was not a normal storm. This was the type of storm that had the men who were running the boat terrified because they looked at everybody and said, get prepared, we're going down. And he was so on the top deck, and from the story, he was so upset and so concerned He looked over and he saw a small group of people that had the biggest peace and calm 
that he had ever seen on somebody in a dangerous, life-threatening situation. So the story goes, he walks over to them and he says, aren't you afraid in this moment? We're going down. We're all going to drown. And that little group was a group of Moravian missionaries. And the, the head person looked back at John Wesley and he said, sir, we do have peace because we know Christ. And it's in that moment, very respectfully and very lovingly, the man looked at John Wesley and he said, Sir, do you know Christ? And John Wesley says it was in that moment that he knew everything about Jesus. But he didn't know Jesus in his innermost part. And the way the story goes, it says this, his heart was strangely warmed. You see, what I'm talking about today is that we call him Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. There's a difference between letting Jesus be at a distance in your life and letting Jesus take over your life. Letting Jesus, in, in other words, there's no crevice and there's no cavern in your boat this morning that Jesus isn't in control of and Jesus isn't invited into. Would you stand with me this morning? You see, Matthew 1 and the verses we just shared, it says you will call him Savior. You call him Savior. In the passage we read in Matthew 8, it means this, that you follow him, right? And even in following him, you may think that everything is the easy button with Jesus. And can I tell you something? It's not. Not everything in life is going to be easy. Like I talked last week, you find yourself in the valley. Like I'm talking today, you find yourself in the midst of a storm that's shaking everything, breaking the oars, tearing up the sail, and it seems like the boards are falling off the side of the boat. But the most important element that I can share with you today is that if you want the peace that passes understanding, if you want to be able to call upon him and other people look at your life and say God is with them, then you have to have God on the inside of the boat. Bow your head and close your eyes this morning as I ask you a very important question. Very important. Have you really allowed Jesus into that innermost part? I'm not talking about Grandma loved him and taught me about him. I'm not talking about one of my relatives was a preacher and teacher. And not talk, I'm talking about you and him and the fact that we all come to a place, even in the midst of the storms, where we ask him to calm everything down. Can I tell you something this morning? The peace and the calm comes through knowing and understanding that you are right before God. So I want to ask this question. Have you invited him into the innermost place? Have you asked him like John Wesley knew all about him? 
But it says his heart was strangely warmed in that moment. And listen, he went on. (laughs) Pre, couldn't win souls. Post, there are millions of people that have been affected by his ministry. That's called salvation. That's called not just knowing about him. That's called knowing him in the innermost part of our hearts. Can I ask you to bow your head and close your eyes? You say this morning, I came here and I know that I need him, not at a distance, but I need him in the innermost part of my life. Here's the thing. You turn everything over to him and he comes and takes up kingship and rulership in your life. So when he says, get in the boat and go to the other side, you get in the boat and you go to the other side. That's what following Jesus is. But can I give you the best news that I could give anybody? He will be with you. I wouldn't want to do this life alone, church. I would not want to do this life without the presence and the power and the, the peace of Jesus in my life. So when I ask this question, you say, I just, I just need him to come into the innermost part of my heart. Would you just shoot your hand up right there where you are, wherever you are? I need him to come into that place. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can I tell you? When you come to him with an open and honest heart, he is waiting at that door. He's been waiting and knocking. Let's all pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've been with me. But today, I want to be with you. I lay down everything. I ask you, Father, to forgive me of my sins, to wash me clean, to come into my heart, change my life. I acknowledge that you are Lord and that you are Savior. I turn over control to you. Forgive me. Save me. Wash me clean. Come into my inmost being. And Lord, bring your peace. Bring your joy. Bring your comfort. And bring your power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For those of you who prayed and you, it says if you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you shall be saved. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. You need to get plugged into a church. You need to come and be a part of the fellowship because you have a pastor that loves you here. And you got a people that love you. Amen? You have started a journey. You've gotten into the boat. And I want to tell you, the devil will send storms, but our God is faithful. Amen? If you're in the midst of the storm today, I just want you to cry out to him. And sometimes it's just Jesus. He'll come and listen to me today. He'll speak calm. Has anybody ever experienced that overwhelming peace that comes with just him? him? Jesus shows up. And can I tell you from Scripture, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. This story is Jesus because he was man. Jesus got tired. <laughs> but can I tell you something? He also had trust. And you can trust him because he is with you. Next week, I'm going to finish this with God is with us always. Amen? Amen. So come back next week. Bring a friend. I did want to remind you. I'm glad the Holy Spirit reminded me. On Sunday mornings, 
Glenn, raise your hand and just kind of wave it. Glenn leads our intercessory prayer on Sunday mornings. If you're in, interested in coming on Sunday mornings and just spending the time praying, we invite you. We will have prayer meeting tomorrow night and then the week after for a couple weeks until after the new year we'll dismiss. But if you'd like to come tomorrow night, Sunday mornings, Monday nights, 6.30 Monday night. What time on Sunday morning? 9.30. 9.30, I thought so. I wanted to make sure. 9.30 on Sunday morning we spend time praying. How many know a praying church is a powerful church? Amen. Amen. Lift your hands with me and let me bless you as as your pastor. Father, I bless the people of God. May they be blessed going in and may they be blessed going out. May they be blessed in their homes and may they be blessed in the field. Lord, we pray today that your face would turn towards them and you would shine your face towards them and your countenance would be lifted upon them and you would give them peace. Lord, we speak peace over them and into the storms and into the things going on. That, Lord, even those who are here today, that have recently lost loved ones. God, I just pray that the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, would wrap his arms around them and that you would strengthen them, God, today. Father, until we meet again, may we never depart from your presence, but may we continually live with the understanding that you are with us. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Go in the name of the Lord. Nobody's told you they love you. Today, your pastor loves you visiting with us. Thank you for coming and come back next week.